0: learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case tea, and join us as we fellowship.
1: What has Jesus taught us about family, about how we should interpret our families, about how how we should uh, relate to our families, our own personal relationships in this regard. So we are going to be continuing that today.
0: And we know we don't want to take away from the fact that God From the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, he established the system of Mm -hmm. family, right? He established what marriage was. He created Adam and he created Eve, brought them together, Mm -hmm. and he told them to be fruitful and multiply, right? So that is the foundation of family. So family is good. God intends for us to procreate Mm -hmm. and to establish families in the earth, godly families, right? So Jesus coming down to earth, would only reiterate that and confirm that, right? Absolutely. But this week, we're going to look at the flip side of it. So we know that family is good, Mm -hmm. but there's another side to it that we have to um, explore. So we're going to explore that today. In some cases, family has to be forsaken. We have to choose. Once you are born into this new family, now what comes of, your earthly family, your your natural family, right? So we're gonna explore that today. So Jesus paints a picture and serves as an example of how we should handle and prioritize our family versus completing the will and purpose of God for our life. And I I think it was the first session where we talked about how Jesus um, as a child, I think he was 12, Mm -hmm. um, he went to the temple with his family, right? Um, And it was at that moment where he, his, his, the manifestation of his purpose, his true purpose on earth was unfolded. Mm-hmm. And it was very ironic that his family was not really around to see that manifestation in the form of him talking with the leaders in the synagogue. Yeah. And so that sort of foreshadows our family in some cases. I mm-hmm. won't say in all mm-hmm. cases, but that foreshadows the, the challenges that we all will face in the manifestation of God's purpose in our life being unfolded yeah. and, and coming to fruition and our family not always being there to um, to relate to, to relate see it, to see to, to understand it, to right or to even comprehend it right because yeah. you know a lot of times they don't even comprehend mm-hmm. what's taken place in our life and the change that has taken place inside of us because right. you know they have become complacent and used to what they've seen and what they've always known, right? And
1: also like like there's a blindness too, right? Like when God does something for you, right. it's it's your experience. Right. right. But the other people outside and the people that are closest to you are oftentimes the people that don't really see it or receive it, you know, and that ultimately can affect how you embrace the reality right. of the right. experience yourself. To go right? to moving yes. forward. Right. Yeah. Yep.
0: So you know I try to be like John and have three points. So I just three have points. three points. How about it? Yes. <laughs> three points that I want to share with you. Um, The first being that we must be willing to forsake our family. God is looking for us, like Abraham. I think about when God required a sacrifice of him Mm -hmm. and there was no sacrifice. He brought Isaac with him, right? And it was at the moment where he was just about to sacrifice his son Mm -hmm. that God provides the ram in the bush and provides the sacrifice yeah. needed, right? But it was the fact that Abraham was willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. his family, his offspring, what he held so dear and waited so long to receive that God said, okay, I'm gonna provide a, a sacrifice, a true sacrifice. But that reminds me of that in that we have to be willing and yeah. at any at a moment's notice, God may require us and it may be required of us, just because of the situation, it may be required of us to sacrifice our family and our family uh, relationships and mm-hmm. interactions and, and and what we hold so dear. You know, for most of us, family is first. first, right? Like, I love my family no matter what. Those are the people that I have grown up with that know my ins and outs. So there's, there's a treasuring that we have of our family and God once we are born into this new family, God then asks us, Mm -hmm. are we willing to put that on the line Mm. and sacrifice that? So the first thought is uh, we must be willing to forsake our family. And from the very beginning, God instituted family and it was his desire, I believe, based off the garden and based off how he implemented family in the first place, it was his desire for us to serve him and to be in fellowship with him as a family, as a unit, mm-hmm. working side by side, right? Yeah. In unity. Yeah. Uh, but because of sin, you know, coming into the world, you know, that has made that virtually impossible for us to serve as a family unit without there being some level of contention mm-hmm. or dissension or yeah. or division, right? Just because we're flesh yeah. and in flesh there's sin. yeah, And so when we have when we're led by the spirit, and not all of us are led by the spirit, mm-hmm. then that's where you have that division and you have that sort of friction, right? Um, so Matthew 10, 35 through 37, this is in the amplified version. It says, For I have come to part asunder a man from his father, and this is Jesus talking, and a daughter from her mother, and a newly married wife from her mother-in-law, and that and a man's foes will be they of his own household. Hmm. He who loves and takes more pleasure in father or mother more than in me is not worthy of me. And he who loves and takes more pleasure in son or daughter more than in me is not worthy of me. Hmm. So this is when it starts getting a little hard. That's
1: confrontational. Because, That's confrontational, Jesus.
0: You know, we, we don't we don't mess with people's kids. That's right?
1: confrontational. You
0: Jesus. know, there, there's that running joke. You, you say something about my mother, don't talk about my mother, yeah. right? That those yeah. are fighting words, right? So there's like I said before, there's that feeling of yeah. like nah.
1: Allegiance. just protection. Touch, like, yeah.
0: Don't touch my family. And anybody knows. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm 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 by nature more of a protector. Like I love to, I, I protect what I love and hold dear. And anybody that knows me knows, definitely don't talk about you know, my my parents and mm-hmm. stuff. But when it comes to John, don't even try it because you will Thank get Thank <laughs> the claws will come out. Thank you for the <laughs> in Jesus' name. <laughs> but but that th- that's because you know my my family is so important to me. But even in that, if I love. John, if I love my mom and my dad, and if I love my kids who came from me that that grew inside of me, that I birthed, if I take pleasure in them more than I take pleasure in God and in serving God, then I'm not worthy of what what comes with being a part of God's family.
1: Amen. Right? Right. And that's just like God, though. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. Go ahead. No, I was just
0: gonna say that's a tough pill to swallow for some people, right? That's kind of hard to even comprehend. Like, mm-hmm. but God, you gave you gave me. You said, you know, that that the fruit of our womb is blessed, yeah. right? And yeah. and and so why would you, why would you then say that I, if I'm taking pleasure in them, that you know, mm-hmm. why is it even a competition? Why is it even a contest of who I'm loving more? Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, before. I was John's wife, before I was my, mm-hmm. my mom and dad's daughter, before I was my children's mother, I belong to God.
1: Yeah. And it, I mean, that's, that's, and I think this further emphasizes the fact that at the end of the day, we all have to give an account for our own walk with God, right? So it's not going to be the Martin family. could they all come up together, right. and give an account for what y'all did as a family for God. No, ultimately, it's going to be you and me and the kids separately and all that. So it would be a trick of the devil to like get us so enamored with prioritizing our family above God and then end up not doing God's purpose by which we're going to be judged for individually. Right. Right. And that's a scary thing. So, I mean, Jesus got to get to the nitty gritty, like, you know, family first. And we hear that all the time. Family first. Oh, is above family. God is...
0: Right, and that's one of the commandments. You know, it says to honor your father and mother. So, is is there a conflict in that? No, because in honoring, the best way to honor would be to live a godly life that is both fueled, empowered, and sustained by godly principles. Mm -hmm. Right, and Mm -hmm. you know, so again, for some, you know, when you when you're becoming a new creature, Mm -hmm. right, and old things are being passed away and things are becoming new. There is that sort of wrestling. And mm-hmm. even you know, as, as a seasoned um, believer, there are times when you still might get caught up in mm-hmm. you know, your natural life and you have to be reminded, no, if you love them more than you love me, then you're not worthy. Yeah. Luke 14, 26, uh, I'm actually start at the 25th verse. It says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. So that's that's a very
1: strong He's not playing saving. right now. He's not playing. Like, this is in your face Jesus saying this, like red letters right here. Yeah. If you don't
0: hate, hate? That like what that doesn't yeah. even make any sense yeah. what do you mean hate we're, we're, we're not supposed to be hating right we don't, we're not even supposed to hate our enemies so so how are you telling me that I am not supposed that I am supposed to hate my father, my mother, my children, my brothers my si- even my own life mm-hmm. so that means you want me to hate my very existence but it's not hate in the sense that we understand hate in this in this text means to basically disregard or cast aside right mm-hmm. to not be able to serve two masters so that mm-hmm. in this text that's what hate means we're not serving we cannot serve two masters so again like the other text if we love this or we take pleasure in this more than him then we're not worthy if we do not hate our brothers our sisters our mothers our fathers not in the sense that we are used to or understand but in the sense of disregarding, Mm -hmm. completely disregarding our life, our family, and everything that we hold dear. If we are not willing to disregard that and put that aside to focus on what we were put on this earth to do and our very purpose, then again, we cannot be his disciple. Yeah, And we're not worthy to be counted,
1: right? And I I think just, just to kind of piggyback off of that, this is why I think it's important for us to really have or strive for a deeper understanding of God, right? Because the question then becomes, is God worth it for me to disregard my family who I know and see every day? You know what I mean? So it becomes this like comparison that we deal with where it's like, well, I know my mom. I know her. I know my dad. I know him. I know what they do. I know their posture. I know their attitude. I know how they feel about me. I know what they've given me. I know how I feel about them. There's a track record here. And if you are comparing that in your human mind with God, who is telling you that he's giving you everything, even the parents that you have, right. even the life that you have, and you're not holding him to the same level of esteem and adoration, or there's something missing in your view of God, then you're not going to be able to do this. So this ultimately speaks to like, how you see God. like Your idea of God. Is, is God supreme in your life? Is he worth it? Like, is your devotion to God based on just traditions and church and all that other stuff? Or is it like, you know, is it real? Like, is it about God? Mm-hmm.
0: And I think uh, also when we think about family, we think about our identity, right? We, mm-hmm. we, that That's who we identify with, right? We carry our family's name. Um, oftentimes we resemble our family. We mm-hmm. sound like our family. We... We act like our family. So there's that identification that comes and our identity comes from where we came from. And when we are born in Christ and we are now a new creature, identifying with what was and what we came from naturally will conflict with who we are spiritually, right? right. So it becomes now we have to forsake what we once knew. In essence, he, Jesus is saying, turn away from who you identified with and what you identified with so that you can assimilate and be associated with him. Mm. Because ultimately that's who people are supposed to see when they see us anyway. Mm. Not ourselves in our natural sense, but we should resemble and look like our heavenly father. Once we have come into the light and we have been born again, right? Mm. And We're not talking about people that are not believers, that have not been born again into this new life. If, you, if you're living in, in the old life, then, you know, so be it. But if you are a new creation, you have been born into this new life, then this is what, I mean, I, I hate to use the word required of us, but it is That's required what he said. of us. Right. That's um, what he said. Matthew 8, 19 through 22, it says, and a scribe came up and said to him, master, I will accompany you wherever you go. And Jesus replied to him, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have lodging places, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury or care for till death, my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead in sin to bury their own dead. So again, I'm gonna let that sink in. Cause that might be a little difficult for some of y'all to receive, but uh, that's a Selah moment. It but. is, and like
1: I think about this, right? Because the, the growing up and hearing these scriptures, I don't know about y'all, but it was kind of like, really Jesus? Like this is really extreme, right? Because it ain't like you didn't have a mother, because you did, you know. And it's obvious that you loved your mother, and your mother loves you, right? Right? It, it was all about family. He had sisters and brothers and all this stuff. So for him as a human being god in the flesh to, for other human beings to hear him say this kind of stuff is like wait hold on but so you what are you saying like this is this is like very confrontational stuff and, and and i feel like this is this was so confrontational because it had to be because it's very easy for us to exalt and extol where we're coming from our family and those who we love and those we identify with um because the family unit and the fa- the idea of family and marriage is the closest resemblance to god
0: right Right? right.
1: So, for us to kind of like get confused as to, okay, well, if I love my family, then I'm loving my family, and that in turn it means me loving God, rather than the reverse of me loving God, and because I love God so much, that love
0: is manifesting. And, and, my and it's it's looking at, focusing on the end result, right, the ultimate um, goal, which is salvation and eternal life, right. Mm-hmm. So when 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 Jesus is saying, "Let the dead bury the dead," he said the amplified says, Dead in sin. Mm-hmm. So if you're focused on the people that are dead that are in sin and 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 are mm-hmm. not it, are are not receiving uh what what Jesus has said, then you're not focused on the task at hand, yeah which is to liberate and free those that uh, are bound that that need to hear the truth right yeah, so if our, if we're called to go forward then there's no reason why we should be looking back so he's saying let the dead bury the dead those that are dead w- once you once you leave a place right if if do you think Lazarus when he was resurrected from the dead he went back to the the tomb where he once laid why would he do that that's would amazing. would he sit around amongst the other Uh, bodies that were in the tomb and said, oh yeah, I was dead with you once, but you know, Jesus resurrected me. No, he walked about with those that were alive as a testament and as a a testimony to God's resurrecting power. So as hurtful, as as sad as it may be naturally or as sorry as you may feel, Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying, no, you need to move forward. Let the dead bury the dead. So again, there's that forsaking of family and, and anybody or anything that we deem or hold as dear as family, right? Mm-hmm. So that was the first point, right? We may, uh, God may require us to yeah. um, forsake our family. The second point is our family may forsake us, right? So we may, you know, be all good with our family. We may be able to serve God and and, and do what we're called to do, Um and feel like we can still interact with our family and be okay. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the family is, your family is the one that forsakes you, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, what's going on? Like, what happened? I I just got saved. I just, I just, I have this new life. Why would you not want to be a part of it? Mm -hmm. And they're the ones that turn away and go, no, thank you, right? Mm -hmm. His family did not understand his, meaning Jesus, did not understand or believe what he was sent to do, right? Mm -hmm. And again, that brings me to... Went to the temple, right? And the question that his mother asked him is, "Like, where were you? Where did you go?" And he says, "Didn't you know that I, I, I need to be about my father's business? Like, yeah. wouldn't you, out of everybody, know that this is what I was sent here to do? This is why I'm on Earth. This is what I was called to do. Yeah. People that you live with, people that you, um, in some cases, worship with, right? Because yeah. you know, some of our family we worship with." You mean to tell me all this time has passed and you didn't know that this is what I was really called to do? But in a lot of cases, yeah. you know, yeah. sorry to say our family won't recognize because, like you said earlier, there's blinders mm-hmm. on in a sense. And it's not intentional. Mm-hmm. I don't think intentionally, right. you know, our family looks at us and go, oh, no, please, you just, yeah, you you just Karen's daughter. you just Skip's daughter, <laughs> please. Who cares? Yeah. No, but because we are used to how people are, we're used to interacting naturally, there's that temptation with most families to look at each other and go, you're not, there's nothing.
1: You're always going to be my child. You're always going to be this. God in the flesh experienced it too. Right. Like Jesus experienced the same thing that we're talking about right now. So we're not exempt from these potential decisions that we'd have to make or be willing to make. See, that's the whole point of this, right? So when we say requirement, that means that your walk with God is going to require you to constantly make choices for God. And all the things and idols and things that we like and things that make us feel comfortable are all subject to be turned away from or disregarded for choosing God. And we got to be willing to do that to be worthy to walk with God.
0: Right. And you're you're. If you think about it, you're in the middle. So, like you said, Mm -hmm. you have to make that choice. On one side, like I said earlier, the first point, you have to. You may have to forsake your family, Mm -hmm. but in some points, the family will forsake you. So you either you have to let go of your family on this end, but you also have to let go of your family on that end because Mm -hmm. there is the temptation to want to hold on. Like, wait a minute, no, don't leave me. Like, why are you? No. Yeah, that's good. You have to let go because in either situation, if you don't, if you're not letting go, then you're not moving forward. Amen. Right. Amen. Yeah. And I I also think about you know um, the scripture that says that you know a prophet is not without that's what without Jesus honor said, yeah. in his own home. Right. Talking about Jesus and how they looked at him one way because they he was and I was reading somewhere last night where it said. Jesus was born into a very common family, right? That the the names that were given, you know, Joseph was common, Jesus was common, right? Um, so Mary. he was Mary. They were all common, so it was it was a pretty common family, right? And there was that sort of, uh, not sort of, there was that temptation that you know, oh, we know who he is. Nice. He's just the carpenter's son. He's you know. So when he started, when he was uh, grown and he started his ministry and he started to perform miracles and do different things and say different things that for the average person would be like that didn't have a spiritual ear be mm-hmm. like what is this dude saying? <laughs> he is out right. of his mind yeah. and his family said it he yep. said um uh one of the script, mark 3 20 and 21 it says then he went to a house probably Peter's but a throng came together again so that Jesus and his disciples could not even take food and when those who belonged to him his kinsmen his family heard it they went out to take him by force for they kept saying he is out of his mind beside himself deranged like your mom would be like let's go you're embarrassing yeah that, that's and and that is the natural inclination i think sometimes of families you know where once we've come into this new life for some, it may be embarrassing because it's like, nah, we, we act like this right, over here right. and now you're acting like that. Right, yeah. But just like we said earlier, you have to forsake your family.
1: So the pressure to please your family will make you compromise your walk with God. Right. So like the embarrassment gets reversed. Right. So now I become embarrassed about Jesus because now my family is rejecting me. Right. Because of Jesus. So then we start acting all like, no, well, I'm half Christian, I'm half not because we are trying to hold on to both. So this is the thing. You can't hold on to both. And Jesus is challenging us here like, you got to choose. And they will call you crazy. They will say you're holier than thou. They will say you're weird. They will say all this other stuff. Is that worth it for your relationship with me?
0: Right. And we've been there. We've been there. So that was the second point. Basically, our family may forsake us. But to me, this is the best point because this is sort of that encouragement, that incentive to get us to follow with the will of God. The third point is we have a spiritual family. Mm -hmm. So even though we may be called to forsake our family, and even though our family may forsake us, the great thing, the awesome, the best thing is the fact that we have a spiritual family. So once we have been born and we have come from death into life, new life, spiritual life, We now have been adopted into a spiritual family. And that family supersedes any natural family that you could have. Matthew 19, 29 through 30 says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last will be first. Jesus tells us that God will reward us for giving up our family. And that's the ultimate reward, right? The fact that we have a reward in heaven. Oftentimes because we're so boggled with our everyday life and with, you know, our natural family and responsibilities, it's easy to get caught up in what we see and are experiencing naturally, not realizing that, everything we experience down here is only a prelude to what we experience Amen. Amen. or what we will experience Amen. eternally right so even with our now as much as we love our natural family that's not the end result like you said when we give an account and we stand before god we're not standing as a family we're standing as an individual right so anything anything we experience on earth mm-hmm pales in comparison to what we experience spiritually. So, you know, there's that. Amen. Right? Um, Mark 3, 31 through 35 says, Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent word to him, calling for him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around on those who sat in a circle about him, he said, see, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the things God wills is my mother and my sister and my brother. Mm -hmm. Right? So Jesus identifies those that are doing the will of his father, our heavenly father, as his real family, right? As Mm -hmm. his true family. Once we receive Jesus Christ and commit to doing the will of the one who sent him, we have a new spiritual family that far exceeds the earthly family we were born into. Yeah. So like I said, it's great that I come from the line that I come from mm-hmm. and I have the family that I have, but ultimately I, I'm a child of God. And mm. that, that's why, you know, we played that song this morning that we're not a slave to, to fear and to whatever else had us bound mm-hmm. because for some of us, being a part of a natural family, it holds shame to it. Yeah. You know, sorry to say. Mm-hmm. For some of us, yeah. there is shame attached to a name, to a family name, to a lineage. There are family curses. There are things that run through a bloodline that would cause us to sort of not feel that sense of pride or, or so identification. Yeah. But here now, we have the opportunity to have identification through Christ. And that's the ultimate family, the ultimate identification, right? Amen. Romans 9, 7 through 8 says, And they are not all the children of Abraham, because they are by blood his descendants. No, the promise was your descendants will be called and counted through the line of Isaac to Abraham, though Abraham had an older son. That is to say, it is not the children of the body of Abraham, so there we go with the lineage, mm-hmm. who are made God's children. But it is the offspring to whom the promise applies that shall be counted as Abraham's true descendants. And we are a part of that offspring, right? We have been grafted in and adopted into this family, right? This family of God. Romans 8, 29 says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son So there we go, the unit of family, Mm -hmm. Jesus is portrayed as God's son, right? That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. We are the brothers and sisters. And I know that's, is so like counterintuitive to think of you being a brother and sister with your parents or your spouse or even your children. But the fact of the matter is, no matter what our earthly relationship is, we are all brothers and sisters in the family of God, right? Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, and I'm closing with this. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you Mm -hmm. once more in bondage to fear. Mm -hmm. But you have received the spirit of adoption, The spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. So like a child holds up or or reaches up to their father in complete joy and bliss at the fact that that's their father and they love their father. If you're, you know, a a daddy's girl or or somebody Mm -hmm. that just loves their father, you get complete bliss and joy and reaching up and reaching for and being embraced by your father. And that's what we all are.
1: Yeah. But, and, and I, I wanted to say this, and as you all know, the story and the season that we're in right now, right? Because as you were saying that about comparing your, natural, comparing your natural family into this whole idea of being adopted, right? Adoptions, the connotation of adoption I think needs to be appreciated a little more. in the fact that what God is saying is I wanted you, right? He's saying that I've wanted, I, I wanted you. So there's this layer of, you know, if my family forsakes me, the Bible says, Psalm 2710, the Lord will take me up. So the, if my mother and father say, you know what? I will receive you. So there's this prioritizing his love for us that is really, really at the, at the foundation of us really embracing this whole idea of choosing God first right. and then family as a result of that.
0: Right, that's true. I I didn't even, you know... Think about it in that way that when you're adopting mm-hmm. someone, you're you're actually choosing. I mean, when you're biologically birthing a child, you don't really get to decide. It, right. It's but at when you're adopting, there is a level of choice mm-hmm. and um choosing that takes place and that no, I want you. Mm-hmm. I've decided to bring you in as my own. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's that that's so true. And you get
1: the same privileges as if you were born. Right. You get the right. same inheritance, you get the same, you're, one, you're my son, right. you're my daughter, Right. and that's it. Now You have to accept that and receive that, but that's the truth,
0: yeah. So again, Romans 8, 14 through 17, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery, to put you once more in bondage to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, Mm -hmm. the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, Father. The spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also. Wow, that's, that's mm-hmm. like you said, mm-hmm. we, we have ownership to everything that he owns. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Mm-hmm. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. Amen. And in forsaking our family and in being forsaken, there is a level of suffering that takes place. There's a level of sacrifice. And that does that may not feel good. Not may. It probably will not feel right. good. Right. But we have comfort and joy in knowing that ultimately we are a part of God's family and we are heirs with his son, Jesus Christ. We Mm -hmm. are joint heirs. So now we are counted as his children as well. And ultimately, we get the reward of eternal life and everything that comes with it. And that to me is a pretty good trade off. Before you go. We'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9-10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We want to know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the LifeHouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.